All right, so we are here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Um, we are the Brothers in Whiskey. Uh, my name is Taylor. And I'm Cage. And uh, this is going to be another installment of our Cask Effect podcast. And um, we've been talking about this for a couple days, trying to figure out exactly what we want to do. And uh, I think we came up with a pretty good one for you tonight. Uh, Cage, you're a little bit more versed in this than I am. So how about you sort of give everybody like the rundown of what we're going to go over? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, welcome everyone to uh, tonight's podcast. Uh, so we have been brainstorming what we want to discuss next and tonight uh, Taylor came to my abode and uh, we prepared dinner uh, and we ended up making uh, some grilled fish using a uh, recipe that I've come up with that includes whiskey as part of the the main ingredient list so we decided it would be cool to uh, do an episode introducing um, the concept of cooking with whiskey and cooking with spirits, um, higher proof spirits, that being said, as compared to something like wine. And it's something that I experiment with a lot and really enjoy. Uh, I think Taylor enjoys it just as much. And so we thought we would discuss it a little bit, brainstorm uh, what cooking with whiskey does and how it affects your meal, what you can do with it, what you can expect from it, and just maybe give you some ideas on what you could try to do at home yourself. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, we uh, do this probably more often I think we realize. Um, I think both you and I both sort of have like little, I don't know, like steadfast recipes that we kind of go uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the one that you always use. And I mean, no shame there. I'd love it. Uh, fantastic. Don't fix what's not broken. Yeah, know. no, yeah, exactly. So um, I think that's going to sort of end our uh, opening section. But before I guess we uh, end the opening section, uh, Cage, what are we drinking tonight? We're, we're sipping on something. Yeah, think. so we've decided to pop something open that's a little different from what we typically try. So tonight's a Lowland. Um, it's a, a Bladnock, uh, and I, I'm sure I butchered the, the name from a Scotch Gaelic pronunciation, but uh, it, it is a lowland distillery. Um, it's one that neither of us had had prior to uh, me getting this bottle. This, this was our first introduction to it. I think Taylor's first try period tonight Correct. at this yeah. moment. I've, I've had it a couple times prior to now. Uh, so yeah, we're, you know, if, if if you followed us, you know that we're typically going to go towards the Isla Scotches and get some peat in there, and and instead we've changed it up tonight. So, uh, yes, uh, raise your glass, say cheers, drink with us, uh, enjoy. Uh, we maybe we'll work our way through this glass. We can fill up another one as we go. Oh, don't try me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cue transition. All right, so um, we just threw together a couple quick little notes and uh, you know word document, uh, not sponsored video. Um, but uh, <laughs> section one, like this for this first little bit, uh, I think we kind of wanted to talk more on you know the experience overall, a little bit probably a little bit more generically, uh, you know the what to expect sort of thing. Yeah, no, we just want to kind of like introduce what what cooking with whiskey does um, for a lot of people. That's like a weird concept, right? I mean, whiskey's meant to be drunk, 
I mean, right? You know, you, you typically yeah. would think that. Um, <laughs> in some cases, you may even wonder, like, why would you waste perfectly good whiskey and well, throwing sometimes it? Sometimes you don't have to. Sometimes you, but, you got the cooking whiskey. And see, see, <laughs> you're, you're already hitting it. Um, it. It's all in how you do it. It's all in the execution, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, cooking with whiskey is, is it's a really cool craft to, to like learn and somewhat perfect um, it's it, it does introduce some new flavors uh, and um, just different consistencies even with with what you're preparing uh, and it's like the recipe that I use a lot uh, it's a glaze that I've come up with that has whiskey as a main ingredient and it adds a certain sweetness and an element of flavor um, that's really unique and, and it's really really good I mean it complements pretty much everything that yeah and no, I mean you added to you you put it on uh tonight you you had it on a tuna correct a yeah tuna, so tuna I steak? had ahi tuna and all right and then I had just you know standard mahi mahi had, yeah bacon wrapped mahi on for yours yeah I put it on meatballs uh, meatballs put we, steak. we put on the lamb that one time we put it on lamb, lamb. yeah that yeah, was that was a good, good one oh, yeah. yeah Brooklyn didn't like that one Brooklyn but, but like we it. love well, yeah. it's because she don't like how lamb tastes my, my, my wife is not a, a, a <laughs> A gamey meat person, and I kind of hesitate to even say that because I don't picture lamb as being a gamey meat. But um, <laughs> it's it's not for everybody. But I, I really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Uh, so absolutely superb. That's what matters, right? Uh, yeah. No. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you got something that's so versatile like that, I mean, you can't really. I don't think there's any room to complain. No. It's, exactly. It's good stuff. So, but yeah, no, it that that's kind of the gist, and and so what I find, and we'll see what kind of what you think about it, when when you're cooking with whiskey, and, and I, I should clarify, right? It depends on the type of whiskey. Definitely. So typically, I'm cooking with with bourbon, and you already alluded to to the lesson here is. We're not going to tell you to, to use a certain kind of whiskey. What do you mean don't put Elmer T. Lee in my sauce? <laughs> hey, look, if you want to pour a Pappy Van Winkle into your skillet <laughs> oh, and geez. use it, you be my, you know what, as a matter of fact, please do it. If someone will do that and show it to us, I will applaud you. That 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 is a brave thing. It's a mad do. flex is what that, that is. That is a mad flex. Um, I do not do that. Yeah, uh, no. I use, I, I get a handle of just the cheapest you know, is that like you whiskey. Got, is that, it's like Southern Comfort you've got in there? Yeah, Kentucky Gentleman, just oh, something. Close enough, same thing? Yeah, pretty much the same <laughs> thing. And and not to knock the whiskey, I mean, it has its place, but it's not something that I typically would just drink for pleasure. Yeah. And But the point is, is, is it works really well for cooking. Yeah, right? Good. I mean, it, it, it carries the flavor and the character that you want. Because when, when you're cooking with whiskey, you're not drinking the whiskey. Yeah. You're, you're imparting some of the whiskey's character into the food you're making. So where... And normally when you're pouring a glass and you're picking out the nuances between one brand and another and, and it has its place there with cooking, you're losing a lot wow. of, of what makes that whiskey what it is. So there's really no point in, in trying to maintain that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so from a value aspect, you can get that handle for, I mean, what? You're talking $20? Yeah, you know, easy. Yeah, less easy. maybe. And it lasts a while. And if you overdo it, who cares? No big deal. It's no loss. So yeah, that's. The, I typically aim for something cheaper. Um, on occasion, a nicer dish will maybe 
require a, a nicer scotch, for example. So I really like to use a peated scotch for some things. I had a Lafroy tin that I turned into a cooking whiskey. I had no idea you liked peated scotch, Gage. I know, when, man. When you did know, that happen? So to our listeners, I enjoy <laughs> peated scotch. Yeah, uh, for any, anybody, anybody who's new here, uh, if you somehow stumbled upon here and you're, you know, this is like episode five or six, and you're just now here and you're, and you haven't experienced this this road uh, to ruin that we've been on. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Cage and I are uh, avid Scotch lovers. We like our uh, peated Scotch, specifically peated like Isla Scotches. So. Yes. So there you go. So that's that's we got to put in that. That's note, your like welcome episode. welcome here. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, from from a cooking standpoint, while some dishes do really well with with a peated Scotch, I still feel like bourbon is the best thing for cooking. I agree. Oh, I think I think because you get a lot of. I don't know, outside of very specific, like, I don't know how, to, how else to say this, but like very specific like flavors you're going to aim for. One of like the big things that you always see is, you know, there's, you know, generally a lot of the other peppery and sweet, but, you know, maybe not in the same way that bourbon is sweet kind of like flavors you're going to get from all the spices or whatever your main dish actually is. And, you know, if you, especially if you're using it a glaze like you do, like a, a bourbon is, is absolutely perfect for that because that's going to run really, really well with, uh, I think, you know, primary base for yours is like a brown sugar, right? Yes. So, like, so it's, it's sweet through and through, yeah. really. Yeah. But, but then you, you throw in a lot of those other more... Savory spices. Yeah, savory spices. It, yeah. And it just, yeah, it, just it, it creates a really, really cool, like, balance. You know, we're talking, you know, the, not to equate it to the magic of, like, blended whiskeys, but... Like you, know, you throwing all these stuff that otherwise you wouldn't think goes together, and then it comes out, and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I could do that." Yeah, and and typically when I'm using like a whiskey to enhance the flavor of a food, I, I'm I'm going for something sweet. Typically, you know, you, when you're cooking, you throw on herbs and you throw on salt and pepper, uh, onion, um, you know, paprika garlic uh, all these spices and herbs are typically going to be of the savory nature there's not a lot of sweetness that you would put on a food now you've got sugars of course you've got fruits and, and things like that but the point being is is when I'm making uh, like a fish or a steak or whatever and, and I've got butter on there and I've got herbs and I've got onion garlic salt pepper yeah. you, you've got a lot of these savory flavors going on and so anytime I'm using whiskey to compliment, I'm, I, I would say 90% of the time I'm going for a sweeter flavor. And so, yeah, like you were saying, bourbon really pulls that in because bourbon naturally is just sweet as it is. It's just a sweet, sweet spirit. Um, whereas scotches are oftentimes not so much. So when it reduces and it has its, its lingering effect, you're left with more of those sugars from the bourbon, or at least that's how it, it, it tastes. Yeah, that's it the across, impact yeah. it leaves. Um, so, so that's just from, from experience, from using all of them. That's what I personally prefer. That's what I go for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you're a, <laughs> a much more experienced hand in the kitchen than I am. I, I can cut chives like nobody's business, but, uh, when it comes <laughs> to uh, a lot of that stuff, uh, I've never been, uh, equipped with a, um, an ample kitchen setup. Well, hey, uh, that has a lot to do with it. You that, gotta have well, a space to work. Space to right. work is, you know, your your workspace is important in almost anything you do. Um, 
and so like in mine you know my my, my stuff sometimes takes on a little bit more of a rugged um approach uh, i use a lot more like cast iron stuff you know around, yeah. around the fire you know more i know when i was growing up we always called them hobo dinners uh <laughs> we did a boy scout thing uh we take a whole bunch of stuff and you throw it some aluminum yep. foil you toss it in the fire and you yeah, give it 15 20 minutes you'll be fine yep. uh, sort of jam and so like uh, you're talking about yeah all these um more catered yeah you want to talk about something that really works pairing well with all of that especially if you've got a bit more of that you know heavier and more complex flavor palettes you almost always put your stuff with like a jasmine rice or something like that yeah and that's that, that's fantastic like you like i think it it, it you know, adds substance to the entire meal and gives you something to go for me most of my i think probably my favorite dish that i make regularly with um whiskey yeah i just call it meat loaf uh because i was almost always use like a very more like the meaty smoky sort of scotch mm-hmm. which again yeah we you know we've established that trope about us but um uh like mine it's like we're talking like two pounds of meat with you know a handful of you know liquid smoke pepper salt pretty much standard stuff that you you i'm not really going outside into the uh the extravagant aspects of you know the spice cabinet yeah um but i throw in you know probably more you know scotch than i probably should for <laughs> what ardbeg normally costs but no, I hope there's no such thing as too much scotch. well i mean i i agree with you when you start looking at how much you're, you're pouring into you're, like like the ketchup glaze on the top yeah you know there's that part where you you have to kind of consider your cost of cooking versus the cost of going out when you use a quarter of a 50 60 bottle of whiskey just for seasoning you have to start questioning yourself a little bit Where's the value? <laughs> the, the value is in the experience. The value is in die. how you feel after you eat that meatloaf. I could die tomorrow, Cage. Oh, yeah. I would like my dinner to be fantastic. There you go. Um, but, like, so yeah, so I, I do that, and, you know, I think my, my recipe total probably calls for somewhere around, you know, six to, uh, it's, it's more like five to seven ounces of. Yeah. So um, not, not too of, crazy. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's. It's. I mean, you're not like decimating a bottle every time you make it, and it's sort of you can do how you feel, and there's different aspects that it goes into. But uh, I really like how that goes, and that complements, you know, with the way that I season the meatloaf. Um, that complements that you know heavy meat flavor, and you, know, you can serve it with mashed potatoes or something like that. Kind of kind of take like a um, slightly you know, Irish you know, shepherd's pie sort of mm-hmm. uh, direction on it. Uh, but then at the same time, yeah, my my glaze for the top of my meatloaf has, you know, brown sugar and ketchup and you know, some other small like we were we were talking about sort of thing what you do with your glaze, um, more of those savory notes, but there's still that that predominant sugar aspect, and so yeah. it just um, it sort of balances itself out as you go through the dish. And I normally eat an entire like 13 inch cast iron of that by myself <laughs> uh, when I make that. So. I'm, I mean, I'm doing it enough for me, so I'm good. There you go. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I haven't tried that yet. You haven't, you know, yeah. I've, I've, made I've it. wanted to. You've, you've suggested it. We just haven't gotten together yeah. and and had that. Well, hey, the next time we do one of these, we'll... We'll, we'll just we'll have you cook, yeah. and, well, and yeah. we'll do your, your preparation. I'll bring everything over here. You can come to my house. We can cook it over my fire pit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we will make that happen. Oh, too easy. 
Yeah, and, and, and hopefully we, we tried to do it today. It didn't really work out for us, but maybe in the future we can like record, you know, do yeah. a, a, a video, a vlog, I guess, of us doing some of these recipes and, and share them. Uh, so that'd be cool to try. For sure. No, I, I, that is that is probably the the next monumental step that we've been, you know, attempting to conceive is some sort of visual aspect. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, we'll see. Go, go, go on and yeah, tell us. Tell us in comments or yeah. I mean, uh, if you think on, that there'll and, be a benefit of doing a video aspect you know, of this, yeah, because yeah, I, I think I think a lot of other people, sort of in this sort of niche community, sort of have found um, a lot of success in them. Uh, you know, on bigger platforms like YouTube or something like that, mm -hmm. obviously. But um, I think I, I think it'd be there if we can put the time into it. And yeah, really, you know, unfortunately, it's probably a little, little bit of a barrier to entry with recording equipment. I mean, the first one, yeah. couple of ones might be on an iPod or an iPhone, whatever. But uh, that doesn't mean necessarily it has to be bad. Because uh, have you seen how good this stuff is nowadays? So, um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll try something like that. Uh, we'll have to come up with what we want to try next. Uh, we've got kind of our standardized list of recipes that we make. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you've got your meatloaf, obviously, and I try to experiment a lot. I know you, you kind of alluded to that earlier. Um, that was one thing when, when I moved into this house roughly a year ago. I was like a, just a kid in a candy store in my kitchen because it was the first time I had had a proper kitchen at work, and so I was in there all the time, and I still am all the time making stuff. Yeah. So it's like Taylor said, once you get a space to work, it makes a huge difference. Um but yeah, I mean, I usually go towards fish. I feel like whiskey really does pair well with, with fish as a dish, with how you cook it. I think part of that is just the nature of, of the flavor that you're going to get from a fish, the texture. I feel like it works well. My glaze works well with the fish that I make. Um, just for, from my perspective, I, I think it does. Um, and most people who try it don't have any complaints. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But, I mean, you know... I, there's like the meatballs that I make. I'll always mix in some, some whiskey when I make those. I typically, uh, I made the ones one time. Uh, it wasn't meatballs. It was the lamb that I made. It was the same process as the meatballs. It's just I made them into meat loaves instead of, of balls. But it was the same thing. And so it, it was just the, the ground meat with uh, breadcrumbs, some fresh ginger, uh, some minced onion, a little bit of garlic, salt, pepper, uh, some soy sauce. I think there was a little bit of brown sugar in there, not much, just a tiny, tiny little bit, uh, and then whiskey. And the one downside to doing that, I will say, is the whiskey did kind of impact the consistency of how it cooked. It was a little more watery um, than okay. it otherwise would have been. So by the time it came out of the oven, instead of being somewhat crisp, it was a little moist, uh, a little too much so. Um, I think just some adjusting of the cooking time and the temperature might fix that um, or th thickening it like doing a mixture with the whiskey beforehand yeah, reducing yeah. it down and then that. mixing it in that might have changed how it came through but you know that's part of how this is it's just experimenting it i mean it's it's just trying figuring out what works what doesn't work um, but that was successful too uh, don't really use it much with steaks yeah uh, i yeah. haven't really tried that i i i I did a small bit more in the marinating, like. No, area. yeah, no. I will say marinating. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, not so much cooking actively with it. But yeah, no. I mean, the prep. I, I, th I think, I think just the, 
the short range of time that uh, yeah, especially you know in the in the realm of exposure that you get just like cooking like most of the time when you, you know if you're cooking hot enough to cook yeah like red meat steak it's just gonna burn off yeah all most of the alcohol and uh, not even just like purely alcohol is like the part of the spirit but like just it in general quicker than than it's gonna do anything to what you're cooking so I think marinating is probably like the best route for yes but red meats or if you, if you have to do anything yeah I, I did something sort of like that with pork one time yeah and it, it's not quite as it I didn't feel it was quite as effective as like a like doing it like a pork like a glazed pork mm. but it was it was something yeah to try at least yeah I, I will say that I wouldn't really think that whiskey as a marinade with pork would probably go very well like you're saying I, I don't know I, I know as like a, a glaze on top afterwards it would be really good yeah um, mixed with some other ingredients pork's a, a little more difficult I think to work with when it comes oh, yeah. to, to the prep and the marinating and, and you know how you do ahead of time just season it throw it on skillet see something. that's usually what I do <laughs> I just I just season it cook it I'll top it with something and that's oh, about it yeah um, and I've gotten to where I don't even marinate steaks very often. I usually yeah, no. just I'll go fresh. I'll, I'll put some salt and pepper on it on the the grill or, or in the skillet, whichever way I'm going. And talking about burning off, um, sometimes I do like to put whiskey into the skillet, swirl it around a little bit. It'll help with the sear, um, yeah. and it doesn't really impart a ton of flavor, but a little bit of it. Yeah. And, but it does help the kind of the consistency of the final product of what you're getting and of course it, it's fun it's just fun to do because you, you put in the whiskey and it has the flame up and it'll smoke you know yeah, there's the full and, and the aromatic experience the aromatic experience right there is, yeah. is just enough to make it worthwhile so yet again another way of, of doing it you, you've got marinades you've got mixing it into glazes and toppings you've yeah. got just putting it into the into the pan yeah flash exposure sort of stuff yeah that kind of thing so you and each one is going to give a different type of flavor and experience with it. So really, I mean, whiskey as an ingredient is pretty flexible, right? I mean, you can do a lot of stuff with it. If you have the imagination for it. If you got the imagination. Imagination, potentially the pocketbook, depending on how often <laughs> you get creative. Hey, just go for the cheap, you know, half gallons of stuff. Yeah. You'll be fine. Don't worry about getting too crazy on it too quick. But, uh, you know, and, and, and I never felt like I've overdone the whiskey from a like a flavor standpoint now going back to like the meatballs I made they were a little watery okay yeah I might could have done that differently but you know you can put too much salt into something and you're going to notice it's too much salt and you're not going to like it and you can put too much pepper or too much sugar whatever I've never felt like I could put too much whiskey into something and it not be good um, that's how I feel about my body. I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. it's just a, it's a fountain, right? You just exactly. continue. Just exactly. it's a Much constantly of the flowing of like, thing, like my loved ones. But uh, <laughs> they're yeah, they're they're not always so happy. About it, but <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I I can agree with that. I don't think I've ever, I don't know, felt like I overdid it. Like like sat down and eat and think. Yeah, that's too much whiskey. Yeah, no, like I, and I don't know if that's purely a side effect like of from us, yeah, like how us. we are. <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly how we are. Yeah, I mean, I will, I will say, my wife. There's been a couple of times I've made something and she's kind of cringed a little bit after taking a bite and said, "Okay, what did you put in here?" And it's a rhetorical thing because she knows what I've done. Oh yeah, so. they, can, they, they can smell it sometimes. Oh, blood no, out. she can. That's it'll. She'll, I'll sit the plate in front of her and she'll just smell the alcohol on it. Breathing intensifies, which is you know she notices. I walk over with my eyes crossed a little bit, just you know the smell coming off. So she already knows. 
uh, you know, it, it, um, there, there's, there's a lot you can do and I really enjoy doing it. And, um, and I recommend it. I mean, for anyone who enjoys cooking and maybe wants to look at a way to change it up a little bit. And if you're a big whiskey fan and you want to figure out how to introduce whiskey into other aspects, you know, of, of your life, and what you enjoy, try, try whiskey and cooking. It's super simple. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do a quick intermission for our uh, cool little IG plug, I think. All right. Let's do it. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll take a pause and get us uh, another drink here. Ooh, let's do that. I like All that. Right. We want to interrupt this episode to thank you again for your continued support. We would like to invite you to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from, and please feel free to run over to our Instagram where you can keep up with us. Get all the details of what we're up to. You can find us there at the handle at brothers underscore in underscore whiskey and that's whiskey without the e thank you and we hope you enjoy the rest of this episode all right and we are back and uh let me just tell you that was a superb pour uh yeah i'm I'm glad we took a second to stop talking and enjoy that That's, that's solid and, and now I, I think uh, we're going to go a little bit off of our original intended script, and we're, we're going to talk about this bottle real, real quick. I mean, that's w- why we're here, right? I mean, you're whiskey. right. Like, we got to take a second to talk about y- it. You got me there. So, uh, um, yeah, so this Bladnock, uh, super, super good. Um, uh, you know, if you, if, if you listen to me whenever we get to these episodes, I, I like to talk about the bottle first. Um, cause you know, at the, at the beginning of the day, you know, that curb appeal that that bottle has is probably what draws your eyes to it. Uh, if you're not already familiar with it, especially if it's a new pur- purchase. Yeah. I mean, that's still really why I bought it. I mean, I was, I wasn't looking for it. I was just in the store and saw it as a pretty bottle. Uh, it was an imposing bottle in oh, a way you, you'll explain that in a second. So that's, I mean, it, the marketing worked, the branding worked. It stood out to me. I bought it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, Sometimes it's it's fantastic. If I remember correctly, you found this one. You were actually on a hunt for a specific bottle, and the shop owner was like, "Oh yeah, no, we got that one." And then you showed up, and they didn't have it. Oh, and yeah. so you were like, "Well, can't make this like a wasted trip. So let's look to see what they got in the store." Yeah, it's it's never fun to take a five hour round trip on bad info and oh. have to leave empty handed. Need so. better recon, man. Had to. Had to make the most out of the trip. Oh, definitely. But so, if we're just going to talk about like curb appeal, uh, close your eyes, if you will, unless you're driving, don't do that. Uh, cur- you know. D- yeah, just don't, don't do that. Uh, but if, if you're if you're stationary, uh, go close your eyes, and I want you to imagine a nice solid uh, glass bottomed, like more on the the, the rectangular shape. Uh, tall, sort of regal and imposing bottles. Not, you know, it's not the biggest bottle in your collection, but you know, maybe, maybe somewhere, maybe it's right in the middle, maybe a low middle, uh, but just like a like a rocks glass, like a solid rocks glass, where you got like a substantial amount of uh, you know material just at the bottom of it uh, goes up. I've got I've got probably like two or three decanters that look exactly more or less like this, um, and then you know it narrows as it gets to the top. Uh, right into this gorgeous stopper. Uh, the stopper 
it has, has has a pretty formidable weight to it. You could like if you chuck that into a crowd, like you'd hurt somebody. It's like a chrome plated hockey puck on top of that. Yeah, thing it, it's it, it's got the gorgeous uh, the B that they've got for their branding. Mm. Uh, it's this very uh, what, what what is that? Um, it looks like the New York Times script almost. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking. About. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of got that vibe to it. You know, it's all sort of old Victorian. Uh, calligraphy looking script and they've got so the B for Bladnock is centered right on the very top of it and then around uh, the perimeter of it they've got it sort of scattered and embossed uh, on this cap uh, with with that, that cool B and again this sort of chrome finish and then the I mean the the label itself is is very very stately yeah, it's, it's these bold reds and golds on a not quite black, but like dark charcoal sort of color, and yeah, very, very clean, clean uh, writing. And so, yeah, you see, Bladnock, it's you know, Lowland single malt Scotch whiskey, uh, 15 year old. So, um, uh, yeah, not necessarily young, like you'd see. I think probably the the most recurring like age you ever see on the market is 12. Uh, just about everybody makes a 12 year. That's that's pretty standard, I think. So 15 puts a little bit high uh, in that, but you know, you're, you know, sucker can't vote yet, so it's it's not too old. Um, and um, so yeah, I mean that's that's my breakdown of that bottle. Very very cool uh, uh, bottling overall, and in terms of how it how it drinks, oh fantastic! Like, yeah. Uh, I think the only other Lowland I've really had is Auchentoshin. Uh, I can't say I've had too many other than, yeah, like the uh, weird uh, McClellan's or whatever it is. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, talking about. but more budget style whiskey yeah. that's got a Lowland expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and Lowland's are not something you find a whole lot, especially yeah. for us where we're at. Oh, yeah. So it, it's kind of unique to even get an opportunity to have a Lowland. Definitely, and so I don't know. Like due to our limited experience, you know, for for the lowlands, uh, I get a little bit more. Uh, there's, it's it's not quite as as earthy as like if, when I say grass and earthiness. You know, most of the time my, my mind runs to like Glenfiddich. Yeah, it's not near as like settled into the field as that one is. It's it's a little bit more tame. Mm-hmm. Um, like sort of uh, like this, you know, not not the day that you cut your grass, but like the next day after you cut your grass. Yeah, um. no, I, I definitely, I, I can see what you what you mean. It's it's a little lighter on the nose. It's it's got a refreshing uh, nose on it. Um, it's it's to me, it's tropical. It's 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 fruity. It's, I've got a little bit of nuttiness to it. Yeah. But again, it's it's light. It's like a light breeze. It's it's not overpowering. It's not very strong. Uh, it's not quite as light as like a highland might be typically yeah it's not quite as sweet as that it's got a little bit more of a tart to it uh, a little heavier um but but still i mean it's, it's very pleasant it's a nice balance yeah i yeah you said the word tropical and like i'm trying to place like the exact i don't know like fruit i guess i would equate this to because it it has sort of like the lofty citrus sort of note that you would get from like a lemon but it doesn't have like the bite of citrus yeah uh and yeah maybe it's because i'm just not you know 
uh, a tropical kind of guy you find me in the mountains more often but like oh, yeah. i don't know like my mind kind of goes towards like a honeydew or something like that so it's yeah, sweet I can, I and refreshing but doesn't really have something that's you know really heavy flavor like you said you know it doesn't really settle in like a like you know, uh, a highland might highland's gonna have a little more smoke this really doesn't have much if anything smoky wise uh i think the closest it gets to the smoke sort of flavor is definitely going to be you know, like that nuttiness there's yeah. um sort of a, a, a subdued i i perceive it as a, like a subdued nuttiness it's uh, i don't know cashews are probably one of the sharper nuts almost like a macadamia nut yeah, I guess, see, I could, like a macadamia it's like a little bit of an almond to me it's, yeah, it's not it's, it's not very intrusive it's not overpowering um, and it's just very slight. It's not strong. Some some whiskeys can be a lot more nut heavy on, on the front end. This one's not so much. But uh, I, from a tropical fruit standpoint, I, I relate it to my review of the Compass Box on the previous episode, which was a little bit more of a pineapple mango kind of yeah. fruit. So like you said, not not super zesty like you would get from a lemon. Um but still, like, sharper than, you know, an apple or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like an aggressive pear. Like a, like a pear with a yeah. boxing sort of Well, yeah, no, a pear would be another Like, a more aggressive pear would be something you might say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the nose. And really, we're talking about nosing, but the same thing really flows into the taste to Very me much. as well. It really doesn't change much. You're picking up the, the exact same experience for the most part. I think the only difference I get, uh, I can't really tell from here what what the proofing is i think it's mid 40s right it's it's sub 50 so yeah yeah it's it, sub 50 percent it, it, so it's yeah, gonna it's, be under 100 proof yeah it's, it's definitely i yeah, know i yeah you know you can almost i think quite a few of what we we drink on a normal basis is you know 50 or higher yeah uh obviously there's a couple expressions that we delve into on a more regular basis that are you know sub 50 but like yeah there's like yeah, there's almost like yeah like a like a like a fight back characteristic that this one sort of misses out on that kind of tells yeah me that it's it's sub 50 it's it's easy to drink because it, it is lighter on the alcohol um and sometimes it's not so bad like it, oh, yeah. it, the the heat level that it's at alcohol level it's at i think works well with the flavors you're getting and the way it's presenting itself um it doesn't have too sharp of a bite and again sometimes that's nice it lets you enjoy the mouthfeel more without having the heat of the alcohol taking over um so i, I enjoy it from that perspective did you beat me to saying the word mouthfeel i think i did it might be the first time you've done I'm, that i'm shamed of that, I, well i mean i'm, I'm normally I the one that brings it, it up you. first so you because i know to give that to you yeah i know well, i should give you that right to you. you're right <laughs> that's, that's, so, your, that's your thing so what, what we're talking about mouthfeel yeah no like this guy I mean, he's, he's sort of middle of the road. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. nowhere near as oily as, yeah, like Isla Scotch or, um, you know, like a, like a coastal highland, you know, like Talisker or something like that. Um, but but it, it, it's got more in it than what yeah, I'd get from something a little bit, you know, more herbal and earthy like the uh, like Glenfiddich, you know, Speyside area stuff, which yeah, not my favorite uh, personally. But... You know, visually, fantastic color. Uh, you can kind of see the you know, how the mouthfeel would transfer just by how it looks in the glass if you swish it around. Um, like I said, not too thin, not too thick. Um, very just you know, amiable when, it, when it's going around in your mouth. Quick swish, doesn't take too much effort on your part. Yep. And um, it lingers just a little bit. It, it, it's not it's not the longest like um, like sit around 
for for some stuff probably because it's not as oily uh, and you have the you know natural just saliva in your mouth really attacks it pretty quick uh, but overall yeah pretty good now I get um, a little bit more of the pepper mm-hmm. like uh, which yeah probably it's just to some degree yeah the alcohol bite but I get just a shade more pepper on the on the palate than I do on the nose mm-hmm. um, which happens a fair bit for me uh, after my third run in with COVID so I, I don't know <laughs> if it's just a, a side effect uh, I just get a little bit more on the palate than the nose N- nose is a little weak and I had to reach each of this guy yeah um, so uh, yeah no like fantastic uh, I know we're working through uh, an arbitrary uh, personalized rating uh, rating system, system there, yeah. yeah for us uh, and I think probably the only thing we've kind of agreed on is we're gonna do like one to seven because uh, my I have, I have a buddy who, who gave me some his own scale and I kind of use that and I like the the intent behind it it's like well is it one to five is too short doesn't give you the expression but one to ten is a little too long and kind of gets ambiguous after a while so you know one to seven one is kind of funny and two um, yeah sort of hits the middle mark for those two you know four being I, I think I jokingly called it like McDonald's you know yeah. no offense to those guys they, they've got it down to a science obviously but it's, you know sometimes it's good sometimes it's yeah, not it's, it's average yeah, yeah it's yeah, like you, hey, go, cool. you can go one way or the other McDonald's it's reliable reliable so like yeah. four is like reliable um, you know all the way up to seven seven's that good stuff seven's that stuff that you, you look at it and yeah I have this experience with uh, Ardbeg Ugdal like all the time it's just, it's just a life changing yeah like, I mean, it, it's, like it's as like, good as it can be I went like two weeks without having Ardbeg and then was like you know I haven't had Ardbeg in a while and had a drink and like I had to sit down like that's how good my heart felt like <laughs> it, like that's that's a seven uh, and then one is, uh, okay, cool. Oh, geez, there's some stuff on my boot. I bet some alcohol would really help clean that off. So one would be like McClellan's I Love. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, geez, that thing. <laughs> or uh, or, or no, that, that Jameson Orange. One is that Jameson, <laughs> Jameson Orange. Jameson Orange or, or Cherry Pie. We'll yeah, or that, yeah, that Cherry Pie Whiskey. So, yeah, yeah. One, one, is, one is the stuff that you uh, you give to somebody who's, whose palate doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a, you know it's it's a unforgivable share. Um, so I mean, me personally, I would kind of like this one. This one this one's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, I might put this at somewhere in the five to five and a half range. Yeah, you know, I agree with that. I, I don't know if I'd go quite up to a six. It's it's good, but it's just not my my palate. It's not what I would typically go for. Um, but it's better than just basic reliable. Yeah, I would say. So yeah, I mean, I might put it about a five. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to have to completely agree with you on that one. Uh, yeah, five, five and a half. Like, you know, I think maybe if our palate had been sort of uh, like taken out back and shot with that Jameson we tried earlier, um, <laughs> like it might have might have gotten, yeah, more solid five and a half. But, de- you know, five on its worst day sort of jam uh, yeah. with this one. Like, I, I, I would get the bottle of this if I, if I saw oh, it on yeah. the shelf. So that's uh, that's our um, semi-official uh on that's flavor the, at least that's the tasting yeah you know, for, that's the for tasting tonight, yeah. five and a half you know five to five and a half on uh blad knock 15 year uh, lowlands country yeah. so um i think we've spent uh, a good minute talking about that more than i think i expected but but, <laughs> but I mean, we, it, it's we gotta give the whiskey a stew good it's, yeah i mean yeah. that's what you're here for uh and we promise that uh, our our bourbon and american whiskey fans we we will, will eventually get, get to yeah yes. to more of that um 
just you know sometimes after a long day of work you know this was recorded on a Friday yeah. so yeah I mean we you know we, we don't plan these and yeah. so, like we don't sit down every Monday and do an episode we we get together when life allows it and we have a drink and we enjoy company and we talk about something that we care about typically that's on a day like today where we've had a, a long day and we want to sit down and relax and we go for what we enjoy the most which tends to be a scotch of the Isla region yeah that's just how it goes but we will try to make a pointed effort to expand we, we've got a pretty sizable bourbon collection but between, between the two, two of us yeah, we just definitely. don't really go to it as often yeah no yeah we've and we've got we've we've had there's been a lot of uh, really cool like releases recently uh, that we've both gotten our hands on for you know the, more of the bourbon American whiskey range. Uh, so I mean we're gonna have to end up trying those, and we imagine that there's somebody out there who's who's been wondering. I mean I got one bottle that we're gonna try before too long. I had to go all the way to California to find it because I couldn't find it out here. I uh, had one that I got you that's down there that it took me forever to actually get it for yeah, you. I mean it doesn't <laughs> help when no no offense to the postal system. My dad works for those guys, but uh, they broke the first bottle. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it happens. Yeah. Uh, They're not the most reliable folks. Nah, but, but hey, what are we going to do about it? Uh, so, so, we're going to take a step back again from uh, the trying of our whiskey. and Just see, go back to using cooking. whiskey and cooking. Right? Yeah, well, and, and why, you know, why, why limit just the whiskey? Uh, yeah. I know we, we talked briefly about... Uh, Sometimes, uh, and we, we wanted to go to this right here. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, we talked about, yeah, kind of talking more about, yeah, the yeah, like other, other opportunities. Yeah, like other other spirits that you can use in cooking aside from just whiskey. Now, everyone I'm sure is familiar with, with wine, right? Yeah. Cooking with wine is as old as cooking itself. I mean, people have been doing that all the time. I mean, think about Italian dishes. Yeah. It seems like more often than not, wine is a part of that. So we won't really talk about that much, which, while it is a fantastic thing, and I love cooking with wine, it is typical. You know, it's, people are familiar with that. But like wine, you can get a lot of the similar flavors with sherry, yeah. right, with cooking sherry. So, you know, that's something you can look at as an alternative to wine that can be really, really good. Uh, it's very unique. You know, you don't find sherry at a lot of places. Yeah, that's uh, not that's super mainstream. That's limited offering as far as I've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a couple bottles, you know, Publix or Kroger's yeah. or whatever, wherever you end up grocery shopping. They've got a, you know, they've got a handful of them up there. But like other than that, you know, if you're really looking for, I don't know, creme de la creme, like cooking cherries, <laughs> like you're, you're probably going to have to go to a little bit more of a specialty store. Yeah. If you're going outside of the, the standard run-of-the-mill stuff. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a lot of input to give there because I don't buy a lot of cooking sherry. But my uh, my mom used to do a fair bit. Like there was all I always I vaguely remember there always being, you know, uh, above our above our stove like a little bit of cooking sherry, like one or two bottles of it, and then there was I had a bottle of Blantons. Yeah, like a bottle of Blantons <laughs> or something. Cooking Jeez. Blantons. Let's take a second. And let's recognize the fact that your parents had a bottle of cooking Blantons. Yeah, cooking Blantons. I mean, it's only a sixty-dollar bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, primary market, of course. Um, we won't talk about secondary. Uh, but yeah, no, and like I didn't recognize that until sheesh, that was probably like two, three years ago. And I'm like, I'm almost thirty, and I didn't realize it until a couple years ago when I was well into my, like, you know, 
whiskey adventures yeah uh that i realized i think my mom used to cook with blantons uh which i mean hey it works um, i'm sure it was good oh, i mean i can't remember any of it, so. so there you go <laughs> uh good stuff but yeah i mean yeah sherry my mom used to care, cook a little bit more with uh like sherry as an option and I, I want to say probably yeah, it was more you know Italian food style, yeah. style, style Italian French food, you know where you, you get that more you know the sauces or um, ah just you know all all manners of just like trying to bring in. I guess it's really I, I'm not I'm not personally sure what aspect of it they were trying to pull in because you know like. Like me, I mean, I like tannins, so like that's yeah. my that's my favorite thing about like wines is how dry is this wine? Like when yeah. I drink it, do I feel like I just licked I don't know a cat or something like that? Like how <laughs> that's that's how tannins affect me. So like you get to it and you're like, all right, cool. Like what's 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 the end goal with mm-hmm. with like cooking with wines versus sherry? Like I mean, it, it obviously it brings a certain flavor and yeah. characteristic to it, but uh, like where where do all the, the more aficionados like? draw yeah. their line and where, where are their their intents going yeah i want to learn more of that is like i feel like cooking with whiskey is is still considered experimental there's not really a proper methodology that's already been established as far as how you cook with whiskey but cooking with wine there's there's the right way to do oh, it yeah. and so i don't want to you know screw oh, that up yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel like i i owe it to the art of cooking and, and to all the great chefs out there to do it as properly as I can. Um, so I want to learn more about the right way, I guess, to cook with wine. And Stay tuned for our uh, Split Away podcast, uh, Brothers in Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's an idea. We'll see. Uh, that, yeah, that, that might be fun. We, we, we might, uh, and we, you've been watching some of that Gordon Ramsay uh, oh, yeah. YouTube. So, yeah, he's probably going to give you some ideas and you can try some stuff for too long. Yeah, I hope he doesn't listen to this because he'll probably just cuss us out for all the horribly wrong things we're saying. I disagree. I, I hope, Gordon, we appreciate you logging in <laughs> and listening to us. Actually, no, yeah, please do. Please, please, please. do. <laughs> uh, plug us somewhere. That'd be great. Yeah, it's, feel free to scream at us in public. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll take the publicity. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that would be something cool that I'd like to learn more about. And, and really similar to that, but more on the experimental side from – the, the sweet kind of flavor experience you're getting is rum. Yeah. I mean, I've made a few things with rum, and I feel like they were super successful dishes. They were actually a little too sweet for me. I mean, bourbon is already sweet enough, and to some people it's not sweet at all. And so you take rum. I mean, I can't drink rum straight. Yeah. Some people can't. I, I can't do it. And so cooking with rum, I have to be very careful with the quantity I'm using um, because it can become overbearing for me. But... It's, it's pretty successful, especially in dessert-type dishes. I've, that's where I've had the most success is using it in desserts. My uh, my mom used to make, uh, I think it was tiramisu or something yeah. like that, and she would put some in there. And, oh, yeah, that's good stuff. That yes. or like a, like a coffee liqueur mm-hmm. is a really good accent to that. Um, yeah, rum does go very well with, with coffee, I'll, I will agree. Oh, yeah. And then, um, man, I want to say that somebody along the line – something that was like like banana pudding or something like that it was like I was just about to say I, I, I don't know I don't think I'm the one you're thinking about but I made a um, a banana pudding like brownie thing um, 
it's 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 banana pudding, but it was in a more of a hard like brownie form. You could cut it and actually pick it up, and I used a bit of rum, okay, and a mixture of that, and it it was really good. Uh, it wasn't a lot. I feel like I could have used more, but it, I mean it was it was super good. That the molasses flavor really paired well with the banana. I remember what it was. It was not that. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Uh, no, what I'm thinking of is uh, my father. One of his favorite holiday dishes is bread pudding, and mm. the way my family makes it, you know, it's a whole bunch of torn up, you know, bread. You, know, you, you can either hand make your bread, or you know, sometimes when we're in a pinch, you just go and you buy a couple, you know, one two loaves of like white bread. Yeah. You tear that stuff up, and then you throw, you know, milk, sugar, a little bit of brown sugar, cinnamon, some raisins, mix all that stuff in. And I remember several years, for some reason, my mom, I think, used to make two batches of it. One of which had like copious amounts of rum in it, and it was literally <laughs> like a way for everybody at like our house parties to like get just like absolutely just tossed, yeah, without having to like walk around with like a glass at these parties. Uh, and the other one was for like, oh no, yeah, that's the one the kids eat from. That one, <laughs> just go over there. Uh, and yeah, I was only slightly aware of it. When I was younger, and then when I got old enough, and like I went home, and my mom made it, and she was like, "Oh, you you get it from that that pan this year," and I was like, "Why?" <laughs> and then she explained it, and I'm like, "Oh, that makes so much sense." Yeah. Like, 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 I just thought everybody was like running off into the kitchen where nobody could find the adults, and just like, I don't know, taking Take shots, shots off the counter. Or yeah. Something. Like, no, no, everybody was getting hammered on like bread pudding. How about that? Um, and so I'm like, yeah, I, I can do that. So, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll make some bread pudding and just have shots of whiskey with it uh, because I keep forgetting to put the alcohol in <laughs> she hasn't shared how to do that it's uh, a good alternative effectively though. yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, hey, that, that's not bad. That's a good idea. I'd, I mean, I'd like to try something like that. So, yeah, I mean, rum's not something I'm going to use much because it's just too sweet, but you can use it and find great success in it. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think if there are any other spirits that like I've really sort of heard or I mean, experienced you know vodka has a place in a lot of like Italian type dishes yeah. you know uh, you, you can imagine that I mean it, more than just Italian but that's that's where often you, you might think about it uh other than that, I mean, I'd never hear of gin being put in. I can't I mean, think. I don't think you'd ever cook anything in gin. Oh Jesus, that might. I mean, nothing against gin. Very, I love my gin, but you, you have to be very particular about the gin with whatever you were trying to make. Yeah. Just with how diverse, like you know, and finicky sort of gins can get. Yeah. I can imagine just like using the wrong gin and being like, oh, yeah, this is. Oh yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, definitely <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna come next year, so yeah. uh, we appreciate the invite. Maybe that's something we can try next, or, or one of our experiments. We can try a dish with gin. We can see, see if we can pave the way for yeah. for gin-based food. See how it turns out. Gin-based food. That that see, I I, th- I think that just goes to show that we are to some degree very much. Uh, I was calling myself a poor enthusiast. P O U R enthusiast. Ah, there you go. Um, because uh, I don't like the derogatory nature of the word alcoholic. Um, but I think it's just yeah. It's, I, I say gin-based food, not, not food, food enhanced by yeah. gin. Like it's okay. We're gonna. That's that's the that's the palette we're going for. Yes. So, um, <laughs> I mean, hey, when you're in it, you got your hobbies. You love them. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Just be smart about it. Exactly. All things in Have moderation. respect for what you're doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Enjoy what you're doing, but have respect for it at the same time. I agree with that. So, 
Well, before we kind of wrap up, I yeah. uh, thought it might be a cool idea to share a little bit behind a couple of our favorite recipes. Uh, maybe just highlight some ideas of like what we like to do um, and give just give some folks some, some info, right? Some insight, maybe some things to try. So do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? What are you thinking? No, knock yourself out, buddy. I'm pretty sure I've got over one of these recipes oh you got your like, on my phone down. yeah i got you so yeah no i'll um no i'll go over one of mine uh i've, I've got it on my phone but i i kind of just do it from memory so i you know i'm more of a the cook that just throws things together oh, yeah. right i don't really um i don't measure things out and and some folks look at me and think that i'm, I'm absolutely crazy it's like how could you not you know take the time to measure things like how do you cook without Jill. measuring everything but Jill does this to me constantly you just you just get used to it you know um, I, I cook by flavor right I, I sample things but you know th- what we've talked about a lot with with what I make is talking about my glaze of things and the reason why is because when you make like a glaze or a sauce it can be complementary to many different dishes and you can use the same process for all of them so instead of having all of these different recipes that you have to you know follow and remember, you can cook meats just you know the way you you typically cook that meat. You know you can saute chicken, you can grill steak, uh, you can bake fish, whatever. But then you can make this glaze, and then you can either finish the meat off in that glaze. You can top it. Yeah. Um, you can do all sorts of things, and so that's that's what I like to do. And the base that I use, it's, it, I don't really have a title for it or anything, but it's it's a soy sauce and brown sugar based just glaze. So the way I make it. The cage glaze. The, <laughs> the cage glaze. So what I typically get is I, I go, firstly, I, I go equal parts, brown sugar and soy sauce. Uh, and you just change the amount, you know, depending on the serving size you're going for. So I might typically go for something for, if, if for myself and one other person or two other people at most, I might do a half cup of uh, brown sugar and then a half cup of soy sauce. And I'll put those into a, a mixing bowl uh, and uh, I'll add in usually um, at most an eighth of a cup of whiskey at, at most typically. Sometimes I'll go less than that, rarely more, because then again, you get more of that watered down element. Cause what you want this glaze to do is you want it to reduce. You want it to thicken um, to, to be, again, a glaze and not a sauce. So you don't want it to be too runny. You, you add too much whiskey and it's going to make it too runny. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll go for at most like an eighth of a cup. Uh, or, or in other words, you can look at it as, you know, maybe 25% of the total mixture is going to be whiskey. Uh, if, if, you know, from a volume standpoint as you scale it. So you put in whiskey and I'll add um, maybe the equivalent, and, and I'm trying to guess my measurements because again, I just do it by feel. You might go a teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon of pepper. Um, I'd say maybe a teaspoon, maybe two of garlic powder, or you could use fresh like minced garlic if you have it. Um, I, I like to look at recipes with just using seasoning powders and shakes just just because everyone's got those on their counter but not everyone has a chance to go get fresh vegetables and herbs yeah. and stuff right so 
you can just use garlic powder. Um, I use minced onion, but some, instead of getting an actual onion and mincing it, which is better and I would prefer it, but you can just use the dried minced onion. So you might put like a tablespoon of minced onion in there along with the teaspoon of, of garlic powder. Um, and then I'll mix in just a tiny bit of the liquid smoke. It's not necessary, I've done it without it before, but I like to enhance it a little bit with that smoke. Now, if I'm doing a scotch whiskey instead of a bourbon, I won't do the liquid smoke. You ain't gonna need it. Because you don't need it, right? But if I'm doing a bourbon, I do like to add that liquid smoke to get that little bit of the, the so because you're a scotch drinker, at the end of the day, you really just want it to be scotch. By Pretty much. So it's paper. like I take bourbon and I turn it into scotch, <laughs> <laughs> in a way. I, I, I add artificial you peat add the smoke. to bourbon. I am yeah. the smoke. <laughs> so that's what I go for. Um, so when I mix, when I do all that, um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll whisk it together until it's very well blended and you'll get a skillet you'll turn it up to about medium high heat uh, and put in a little bit of butter in, in the skillet let it melt down just a small bit you don't want a ton uh, and once it melts down and the skillet gets hot you just pour in this mixture and you pretty much just want to let it sit in that skillet for roughly 10 minutes on this medium to high heat you want it to start boiling and boil for you know two-ish minutes of that time frame cut it down to low once it boils for a bit and it's mixed in really well together and you can see it start reduce and what will happen over the next five minutes or so is it will start to thicken and simmer down you want it to just simmer um, you don't want to stir it too much because you don't want to keep it active you do want it to set still and, and let it thicken and then at this point is when you can do really one of two things you can either take it and pour it on top of whatever you're cooking so if you've got like you know baked fish in the oven you can just pour it on top of that baked fish and let it cook for you know another five minutes or so it'll still remain thick but it'll coat and glaze the yeah. fish you're cooking um, today we had fish on the grill and so what i did is i just took it and put it on top of the the fish on the grill and really kind of the same thing coated it let it set and cook for a few more minutes and it coated and glazed the fish really nice it was almost caramelized in a way. It just had like a really nice finish on it. Um, now, sometimes I'll take something like chicken, and if I've got, uh, you could even use like canned chicken, and I will cook it up, and then after I cook it up in a separate skillet, I'll just drop it into the skillet with the glaze and let it finish cooking in that skillet, and I'll just stir it and let it cook and coat itself in that. Or on the flip side, I will cook the chicken into the skillet first finish the chicken out almost completely and then have the mixture of the glaze set aside in the bowl and then just pour it on top of the chicken and let it sit and simmer for you know 10 minutes or so and thicken that way so it's very versatile there's a lot of ways that I can take it and use it which is one of the reasons I like it so much is I'm not tied down to one very specific method of preparing and cooking it I can do a lot of different things with it yeah. So, so that that's like my recipe. That uh, I mean, I'm not the first one to ever mix, you know, brown sugar and soy sauce, but mixing it with the whiskey and using it in this way, um, I found a lot of success with it. Really enjoy it. Um, and so, for me, I mean, for anyone who's interested in trying it, I will try to put a post on our Instagram page uh, with a detailed guide of, of my ingredient list and how I make it so you can give it a shot yourself. For sure, for sure. And I think it'd be great in the long run. And uh, again, and I always like doing these. You know, go to the Instagram and like comment down there if you think this would be a good idea. 
I would love if we got the chance to create like a like a website almost or like a like a like a home place where people could go and like get these recipes so that yeah you know sometimes you know, I hate I'll go and I'll save something on Instagram and I'll go oh man I want that and I gotta go like back to my saved yeah. saved post or something like that so it might be might be cool in in the long run but again yeah, that's just another thing for us to upkeep so yeah the only way we can do that is if people if we if we think we got people here who want it so yeah um. I, I know I do that. I've got you know it's a recipe book. It's, it's basically the exact same thing. So uh, if we end up making a recipe book, we'll yeah, it'll be on, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But um, I yeah, and I, I very much enjoy the way Cage makes that glaze. That's uh, like like he said, very versatile. You can adapt it for just about any you know, you know base uh, for you know your your food dish, uh, main course wise at least. Uh, and then you know you sort of cater your sides to it. I, I can never, I, I cannot say confidently I've ever been disappointed coming over and trying. So, um, <laughs> here we go. So, I mean, hey, that's the goal, right? Now, for me, you know, I mentioned I talked about uh, my my Ardbeg sort of meatloaf earlier, and uh, I actually keep a, a sort of a rough copy. I, I'm a little bit more exact, uh, less uh, by feel uh, than Cage is, uh, but more often than not. I didn't go to the grocery store, so I got to make make do or make make, uh, make small adjustments here yep. or there. So uh, sometimes, yeah, I may not have all of the things I normally get. But um, my uh, you know my meat lo- my meat loaf is what I call it because I'm a funny guy. Uh, has yeah what I consider more of like the standard meatloaf uh, aspects to it, uh, you know, which is like the small adjustments for it being scotch based you know really sort of focusing in on on you know the palate that the scotch uh, brings to it so normally I'm using between a pound and a half and two pounds of meat um, mainly just because that's the size that really works well with the size uh, cast iron that I use mm-hmm. whenever I make this dish because I put it in the exact same cast iron every time I've made it so um, yeah mix that in with you know, I have about a half cup, three quarter cup of oats. Really depends on how much water I'm seeing, like the 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 meat sort of retaining, um, especially because it's ground meat. So you know, it's, you know it stuff looks like like ramen noodles, but it's beef. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's all this you know water that's getting stuck, depending on how well it's thawed out. Yep. So yeah, you know, about a half cup, three quarter cup of uh, oats. I usually put about two eggs in there to you know help it all stick together and gives it a little bit more body. Um, I usually take about a half a medium onion and I'll finally, really finely chop that up. I'm not a really big onion guy and they're more for like the flavor versus the texture of onions, mm-hmm. but uh, I've grown to appreciate them more as my time in the kitchen has uh, increased. Um, about three tablespoons of ketchup or, you know, some sort of equivalent uh, that sort of, you know, helps give... Uh, that's that's a handful of different things really at the end of the day you know uh, it's sort of like a vinegar there's a little bit of um, like a tomato paste ish sort of texture and flavor that you get out of ketchup depending on the ketchup you get um, I put a little bit of olive oil because you can't go wrong with olive oil uh, my mom used to do that all the time uh, a couple dashes of liquid smoke uh, again sort of to, like like you say it's 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 an addition it's not really necessary with the scotch but since it is such a large like portioning i want that that smoke to sort of continue and not completely burn off 
uh, especially from the scotch whenever it comes in because sometimes the flavor just doesn't, doesn't retain uh, and then salt and pepper to taste and then you also put a, basically a shot uh, one in your mouth and then another shot uh, <laughs> and not all at once by the way that's that's heresy uh, and then like I said about an ounce and a half so a shot of uh, I use Ardbeg Anoa obviously for the joke in the name um, but so I take all that stuff mix it all up and then you sort of push that into a uh, um, into the skillet and you you, you want to brown it a little bit now you don't want to completely cook it or else it's going to be just too crumbly it's not going to stick together like meatloaf is supposed to mm-hmm. uh, I for, for me most of the time when I first did this uh, it was sort of a, I was spaced on it and I was I, I, I maybe half cooked beef and went oh geez what am I doing like you're just supposed to like, cook this all the way in the oven what am I but I found uh, it didn't get like the defend your home with it brick sort of consistency that I got the previous time when I just put it all in the oven so yeah um, I, I do a little bit of tossing just to make it so it breaks up a little bit more uh, and then you want to add that scotch at the end obviously again for you want it to retain the flavor of the scotch versus just burning it all off and then um, after you've done it just a little bit that's when I go and I, I, I mat it down and you know, I, I've already set my stove or oven whatever to like 400 degrees uh, Fahrenheit by the way uh, go America um, and so I'm gonna take that and after I do it, I'm gonna pat it in there, give it a nice even layer across the bottom of the skillet. I'm gonna put it in the oven for 10 to 15 minutes, probably. Um, while all that's cooking, I'm mixing up the topping and you know any sides that I'm making. Uh, like I said, I normally like to sort of like mashed potatoes and like asparagus or something like that, some something green. Um, I don't really like broccoli with it. I don't know, broccoli just sort of contrasts a little too much for my preference with my meatloaf. But hey, if it's your thing, it's your thing. Uh, and so for, for like the topping that I put on it is uh, a little bit less than a, uh, less than a shot. So about an ounce of uh, Ardbeg and Oa again. A uh, teaspoon of Worcestershire sauce, or however the hell you say that. Uh, a tablespoon of olive oil. Uh, six tablespoons of ketchup, or as much as you feel you'd love. Um, another couple dashes of liquid smoke. And then uh, one like packed tablespoon of brown sugar uh, sometimes I'll get a little squirrely and do two depending on how sweet I'm sort of wanting it and, uh, just like with yours it sort of helps give it more of like the caramel sort of consistency it helps it uh, tighten up without me having to put uh, uh, what's that that stuff that you always put in there for white powder stuff oh, the cornstarch corn yeah. yeah I mean if you want to use cornstarch or something like that for it sometimes that, that can work mm-hmm. uh uh, pretty well. Me, I don't normally keep that stuff around. I wasn't really raised with that being used because I'm not from the South, which I think more people use it in the South yeah. or stuff. Um, so uh, I won't normally use it. I'll just you know, substitute more or less for brown sugar. Uh, so go and you mix all that up, and that's you know, what, I, what I'd call a cold mix-up. You, you know, you're not doing it over heat or anything like that. It's purely you know, getting it together with like a bowl or a small small like I, I usually do mine in Tupperware in case I have any extras yeah. uh, and then at the end of that 15 minutes that uh, you do the stove put that topping so- topping on there uh, nice and evenly and then you go and you put it in there for another five minutes again sort of do like what you did with you know, it's, it's not quite getting the same reduction but 
because I don't have near as many water aspects in there. I don't really have to worry about it taking so long to, for the caramelization. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it'll seep in there a little bit more than um, um, because of the uh, slight bit of tossing that I did with the meat before I packed it in. And uh, after that, you might have to put it in for another five minutes, depending on how even or beaten up your cast iron is. Uh, I found that to actually be a, an Im- impacting factor. Uh, but then, boom, it comes out. Like I said, I serve it with mashed potatoes, and I have not had anybody complain just yet. So, I mean, maybe when I put it in front of this connoisseur dude here who, like, makes real food all the time in the kitchen, I mean, he might complain about it, but <laughs> we ain't there yet. So. Nah, hey, it sounds delicious to me. Yeah, so I dig it. But we'll have to try that one. So, yeah, I mean, those are two of, like, uh, our sort of, like, recipes, uh, things that sort of accent and improve the way that we incorporate whiskey into uh, yeah, the kitchen, which yeah. I think everybody should do just a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, um, I mean, I love doing it. These are a couple of staples of ours, but we're always experimenting. So we'll keep trying stuff. Maybe if we find some more success stories, we'll publish them, share them. You know, feel free to give it a try too. I mean, we'd love to see someone try one of these and share it with us and, you know, show their success or failure i guess we won't laugh at you too hard yeah i hey but both are both are fantastic and effective learning experiences yeah, you gotta learn somehow absolutely hey i just i'd love to see somebody in the kitchen trying yeah you know yeah. that's just, that's a that's a win right there so yeah well and i guess that's really pretty much it uh mm. we, we've gone a little over on what we were wanting to aim for but that's that's okay and good, a little trimming here of that in it post happens. it'll happen yeah we'll so uh but well we'll I mean, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. So we're, we're grateful for everyone who is listening. We appreciate you always and invite any kind of criticism or critique or uh, just opportunities for improvement or ideas or whatever. You know, we appreciate feedback. So please feel free to, to reach out to us at brothers underscore in underscore whiskey. And that's whiskey without the E on Instagram. And reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Give us some some feedback. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll hopefully have another podcast put together soon and, and be back on here. Yeah. No, I, everything he said, uh, I just absolutely echo it. And, yeah, like, uh, and I highly encourage you, if you're not already subscribed, hit that subscribe button. If you're on um, uh, yeah, Apple products, I think on Apple Podcasts, it's the little plus on the top, uh, top right. Uh, I had to show one of my friends that earlier. Um, so you go, you do that. Uh, leave a review. Uh, you know, shows like this, we we run on the people that that support us and give us feedback, like Cage said. So leave us a review if you really like what's going on, uh, and definitely follow us on Instagram. Go over there, see what we've got. Uh, we are uh, uh, we we love taking photos and sharing our stories uh, of uh, whiskey and our various experiences. And that's one of the better platforms right now to do it on. So um, I think it's time to check off. Uh, And uh, again, this is Cask Effect by the Brothers in Whiskey. My name is Taylor. And I'm Cage. And we hope that you have a great rest of your night, day, afternoon, whatever it is. Sláinte. Cheers. Cheers.